The biggest battle we will ever have to face is the battle between you and you. It's the battle of taking your mind to that limit and then breaking through. On the Mindful Experiment podcast, we will share concepts, universal laws, and interviewing individuals who have done just that, who have gone through the dark times and through those moments allowed their light to shine bright. I'm your host, Dr. Vic Manzo, and I want to thank you for listening to the podcast and taking this journey with me as we discover different avenues to break through those limits, expand your reality, and evolve into the person you desire to be. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Today's podcast is brought to you by Athletic Greens, the most comprehensive daily nutritional beverage I have ever tried. There's so much going on in life, and there's a need for good nutrition for your body. You have to support when you give yourself good nutrition, you give your mind the same thing. And being a chiropractor and preaching and educating individuals on health on a consistent basis, I'm always looking for something that can help meet my demands and needs for my body from a nutritional standpoint so that I can continue to thrive in every aspect of my life, no matter what I do. And this is where I like Athletic Greens. It comes in, it's full spectrum nutrition, it's life-changing. They have an all-in-one superfood powder that hits your nutritional essence. It has things that I truly enjoy, like mushrooms and greens and antioxidants and other factors that I can get in, probiotics and prebiotics and so much more. It is one of the things with all the best things that they have put into the shake. So one taste of this Athletic Greens contains up to 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food source ingredients, including a multivitamin, a multimineral, probiotic, green superfood blend, and so much more to give you that gap, right? That's why they call them supplements. So it gives you that gap to help you with that, that aspect. And for me, especially when I'm on the road, this is my go-to to truly help give me my body and everything that I need to thrive in every aspect that I can. And what's great about the product is it's, it's a lifestyle friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, and contains less than one gram of sugar without compromising on its taste. And I must say, the taste is something that I was impressed with because I've taken a lot of different green products in my life. Again, I've been doing nutrition for 21 years, and this is one product that got the taste right, even with all the good, which I was shocked to see that. And right now, what Athletic Greens is doing is they're doubling down on supporting your immune system during the these times. And what they're offering is a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Visit athleticgreens.com forward slash mindful and get your free year of vitamin D and five free travel packs. This show is sponsored by Empower Your Reality. Empower Your Reality is an online consciousness school that is designed to help you elevate the mind, raise your consciousness, your vibration, to attract and create the reality of what it is that you desire. On Empower, at Empower Your Reality, we have books, we have online classes. You can find the podcast here on there and other things that can help you elevate and truly learn the art and the science of creating the reality of what it is that you want to experience in your life. So for more information to check out all that we're up to and what we're doing, please visit www.empoweryourreality.com. Now, back to the show. 
Hey everyone and welcome. This is Dr. Vic and you are listening to another episode here on the Mindful Experiment as every Friday we showcase someone, some individual to help inspire you, something that relates to the mind, to life, how to add, raise your consciousness and be able to create more of the freedom and to discover the greatness already that resides within you and how you can create that. Today's guest, I'm excited to share with you. I feel like he's a brother from another mother, Dr. Benjamin Ritter. He is a leadership and career coach. He values, he's a values geek. He's a regional learning manager for YPO. He's a national speaker, podcaster, author, mentor, and passionate about guiding others in finding, creating, and sustaining a career they love. With over 10 years of experience coaching and a background in organizational leadership and learning theory, Ben understands how to navigate any career path you decide you want to travel. Since launching his coaching practice, he has guided hundreds of professionals towards creating the career they love and has impacted thousands through his events and media content. From empowering your young professionals to get unstuck to guiding senior leadership on how to stand out from the competition and develop executive presence, Ben is an expert in his field and will guide you towards truly living for yourself and at the work in your life. Ben receives his doctorate in organizational leadership with a focus on value congruence and job satisfaction, and he's earned an MBA in entrepreneurial management and an MPH in health policy administration. This was a great conversation I had with with Dr. Ben. We really dove into things about responsibility. We got into some stories of how he got to where he is today. We got into purpose and, and, and how we get burned out when we're not following. What really is purpose? What are values? How do values play a role in our life when it comes to living a more fulfilled life and so much more? I really had a joy being on this podcast. We're going to definitely be having him back on in the near future as we had so much we could have went into, uh, but we do keep it at a short period of time. So Without no further ado, I don't want to take any more thunder away from this amazing guy. Here is Dr. Benjamin Ritter. Dr. Ben, welcome to the show. I'm pretty pumped to be here. I think you and I are going to have some awesome conversations here, my friend. We already started even before getting on to the podcast here. So um, excited to share with the listeners and pick your brain and really uh, learn a lot about what you're up to, what you're doing, and how you're changing people's lives. So I think it's ready to just dive in. You ready to rock and roll? I'm pretty ready. And I almost feel like there's an opportunity to have that pre-show be a special VIP reporting. We can... <laughs> We can start doing something extra for everybody. That's a, that's a good idea, actually. The behind the scenes kind of a thing. I got to. Th- that's a good idea. I like that. All right. So, as the listeners know, this is the question I always like to ask right up front, and that is, how did you get into what you're doing now? Like, and the reason I always ask this, and I always tell these interview interviewers this, is that is because in life, I was always told you find what you want to do, you go after it, and that's the end of it, and. Uh, for me, it was a pinball effect. I bounced around so many times uh, before I got to do what I'm doing. And, and and I'm always curious to hear people's stories because I have not yet met one who has a direct line. Um, and I'm still waiting for that. But anywho, what's your story? How did you get into what you're doing? Yeah. So before I was born, my parents made a t-shirt that said coach on it. And then I came out, they put it on. And then from then on, that was it. I was Benjamin Ritter, founder of the For Yourself Consultant. They, they actually gave me a doctorate before I was born. So it was, it was actually the, it was that story, that, that straight shot all the way to where I am today. Uh, but I, obviously it wasn't like that. It, it, there were so many twists and turns. That pinball effect is so real. I, I think 
you know, working with so many people in their career development, it's, it's almost giving them permission to accept that their career is going to be that pinball kind of journey. It's going to be up and down and going to be sideways and diagonal. It may just stall for a little bit. Uh, but even today I tell people like I'm, I'm the founder of Live for Yourself Consulting. I'm, I have a doctorate in organizational leadership. I work with individuals that are stuck in their career. I also do workshops for corporations to empower and create greater accountability with job satisfaction, leadership development. People are like, Ben, what's next in five years? I'm like, I don't know. I never thought I'd be a coach. I don't, I don't actually think I might be a coach later on. I might integrate the values of coaching and the skills of coaching, but it's always going to be a journey and we're really bad at predicting it. So if we go all the way back in time, when I was in undergrad, even before that, when I was in high school, I, for some reason, I don't know what, I don't know how, decided to dedicate my life to becoming a professional soccer player. And for high achievers, like I think high achievers understand this. When you say, when I say dedicate my life, I mean, I became unhealthily obsessed with it. So everything I watched on TV was soccer. I didn't hang out with people really if it wasn't about soccer. I trained not just with teams, but with myself. I was probably practicing three times a day. I, I thought if I can, if I'm not the best skilled and athletic, I'm, I'm going to get there. Uh, then I also need to do other things. So I started eating very, very purely in the way that I thought would give me more energy and muscle mass. I started working out differently so I could also, you know, develop my body. It, you know, just saying this, it's like, oh, that doesn't, it sounds like dedication. It's like the, the, you know, you really want it. And no, it was really unhealthy because if, if the outcomes from your, from your inputs don't, if they don't equal up, then you end up start, you start to doubt, doubt yourself. You have issues with confidence. Um, and then all, obviously my life was unbalanced, right? I was investing all in one area, but I wasn't investing in friendships, relationships, social skills, all those amazing things that are really important for life. And eventually, you know, it, it didn't work out, right? For a variety of reasons. I, I, and I tried, I really tried to make it work out. I traveled across the country, ended up getting hip surgery to try to fix an issue right day before my 21st birthday. So like the story is important to who I am today, but it didn't work out. And I was left without an identity. I was left without anything to work towards. I was left without a purpose. I was left without really friendships. And I was really just left with a blank slate, except a really, really, really loud inner critic. And so I took, I just, you know, I had a choice to stay where I was or make a decision to improve my life. And I took all that energy and was investing into becoming this athlete and invested it in just learning about myself and redefining myself and exploring who I was. And that made me really interested and passionate about the personal professional development arena. And that was just it, right? That, that was my story. I was developing as a human four or five years later. I was super happy. I had great relationships. I was an expert in certain fields because I just religiously studied them. And I was just living my life. I thought I was going to get a full-time job, maybe have these entrepreneurial tendencies, start a business here and there. Uh, but I didn't want anything else. And then one night I was out at a bar and randomly started having a conversation with a, a, a stranger because that's what I would do. I'd go to bars alone and have conversations with strangers, meet new people. I, was, I always pushed myself out of my comfort zone at that point in my life because I promised myself never again to, to allow myself to get to where I was. And he goes, Ben, you need to meet my boss. He's like, I know what you're doing. You need to meet my boss. And so I was like, what? And so the next day I'm sitting with this whole team at this organization and end up getting hired to be a men's coach for, across the United States. I just literally ran never thought about coaching, never thought it'd be a professional career. And mind you, this is like a side hustle because I'm still doing my main thing, right? I was passionate about health policy. I was working for the Illinois Department of Public Health. 
I had this two and a half year window though, where like it was the recession and I would, I would get job offers from different healthcare organizations and they would get pulled away because of funding. Like the CDC offered me a job. Like it was, that was an interesting time in my life. I'll tell you, I'll tell you. And I was really just working every odd job you could find. I got involved in hospitality. Then I was a brand ambassador. I worked for music festivals. So it's like really just all everywhere in my career. Um, but so I started developing this kind of coaching practice. I worked for this guy for a year. I stopped working for him and I was just, I was like, I still have a message. I believe this, this is important. This isn't what I want to do, but this is important. And so I wrote a book, started a company, learned how to start a coaching practice. But at the same time, still was like, okay, this is just kind of like a side thing. This isn't that important. This is like, I fell into this. I want to go work in health policy and health policy wasn't working out. But then I ended up getting hired into healthcare administration because I'm, I met a guy because I was being social and said I needed a full-time job. So now I'm side hustling as a coach, working in healthcare. Healthcare is, I'm, I'm zooming up the ladder. I ended up getting selected for an executive level position, 16 months of leadership training, all this stuff while I'm still also running my business. Neither of those feel right. None of those actually bring me meaning. I haven't at all at this point made an actual conscious proactive decision for what I wanted for my career. Everything that I wanted didn't actually occur. And I hit, I hit a wall. I became super resentful. I, I became pretty angry at my job, my leaders, my organization. I stopped volunteering for work. I started, pull, I started pulling back from my coworkers. I stopped really investing that much in the business. I was just kind of checking off the boxes to say that I was doing it, but I was working long hours. Like I was I was, it was just like, I was so invested in working, but wasn't invested in the work. And, and that led to a lot of negativity. And so I hit this point again in my life where I was like, hold up, <laughs> this seems familiar. I've spent all this time investing in my, in my personal life, in my professional development, in knowing who I was as an individual, in entrepreneurship, but I'm unhappy. What's going on? And so I was walking to work one day and it, it all kind of came to, Kind of the the door appeared in front of me. I either walked through it or I walk around it. And on that door was like, you don't have to feel this way. And and so I walked through that door and I started really trying to figure out who I was in terms of what I cared for, what what parts of my my work energized me, what parts trained me, what skills I wanted to learn in the future, where I wanted to be challenged, who I wanted to be, you know, work with. And I started taking some action to get there. And now immediately that wasn't to start live for yourself consulting. It was to get involved in the type of work that I wanted to do. So that meant going to my boss and saying, I want to work in professional development. I want to work in talent development. I want to work in employee engagement. And that initially worked. Because this is, this, is, this is a concept of job crafting, which we can talk about. It initially worked, but then we got acquired for the second time. And everyone I was working with lost their jobs. They decided to stop the projects, centralize everything to, to corporate. So like that was kind of a dead end. And so I had a choice. Well, what next, what's the next path that I want to go down? How, do I, how else do I live these values and reach this goal? And eventually, you know, fast forward now, five years, six years, and Lift Yourself Consulting is, is booming. I have a, a lot of a ton of fun doing some contract work and leadership development consulting space. And I'm happy to kind of expand on that five-year path, but I think more so that initial story was really important. What, you know, I love your story because I had something very similar in a, in a different aspect, but it, it very, the, 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 the situation where you hit a wall and then you're unhappy and things like that. I've been through that in my own chiropractic office where, uh, and this is where my question is going to come from because 
was there something in your mind that you were told or this is what you have to do to be successful or uh, and things along that nature? Or was it more of a survival mindset where, you know, a lot of times we, we, we grow up, we try to adapt to the environment and it's really more survival, survival, survival. And then as we get older, we realize we don't need to survive anymore. We can thrive. Um, what, what showed up for you in those, in that time? So I grew up with a father who was pretty entrepreneurial hardworking, but hated authorities, authority. So that kind of kept him, I think, from really just excelling. Uh, but I, you know, went with him on jobs to fix homes and houses. And I mean, he honestly, he, he's successful, right? A great family, made more than enough money, great investments. But like in terms of, you know, maybe where he maybe wanted to go, uh, what he was capable of, I think limited himself. But I would, I would go with him to the real estate office and sit down there and play. So I never really had this idea of like the nine to five, the sitting behind the desk. Combine that with playing soccer my whole life, um, you know, up to the main point where you're supposed to launch for your professional career. I also kind of didn't have this nine to five mentality, but I also had a very much, you know, work, like you need to work, work is fine. Work is great for money and save and frugality. And so I had, I never really felt like I needed to survive because I always thought I'd be fine. I knew how to make money. And that also, you know, cause I'm working in hospitality, like I never, had one stream of income in my, I don't think in my life, other than maybe when I was like 15 or 16, I always had multiple streams of income. So I never felt like I was at risk for anything. That also gave me a lot of freedom to say, this is what I want to work on. This is not what I want to do. So why I left, I left meetings at five o'clock when I was working. Cause I said, sorry guys, I have stuff to do tonight. I, I had, I had really strong boundaries because of that. Um, I think it was less a need to survive and, and more so a lack of belief in, in terms of how to really a lack of belief and a lack of my own empowerment on making it work. Um, you know, I think looking for a full-time job, well, one out of undergrad, losing my passion and my goal, which was soccer, not really knowing what I wanted to do, getting an initial job as a marketing associate for a chiropractic office, by the way, and hosting health events, deciding that wasn't for me going back to grad school. Cause I ended up networking to get a graduate assistantship to pay for school. Like I never really had a job that was like, this is what I want. And out of grad school, I was passionate about health policy, working for the Illinois department of public health. And they caught all the funding because of the recession. CDC offers me a job, cut the job after I signed on the dotted line because of funding again. So it's like, I think just ultimately I never really thought I could get what I wanted and what I wanted didn't work out. So I stopped thinking about what I wanted. And instead I started trying to make the things that came to me that were interesting enough work. And I think that was really it. And, you know, when I was working in healthcare, there was not a week where I was not applying for jobs, which, which is funny, which is it, it actually, that was largely responsible for me for getting like basically a 50% raise within my first year and a half because I ended up getting competing offers. I ended up really asking for what I wanted in terms of salary and such, but never in terms of the work. Like they, I think the gap was, I just got knocked down so many times that it wasn't that I didn't think I could make something work, right? This is why I was side hustling and doing the job and why I was excelling in, the, in my professional career. It was that I didn't think I could make what I wanted work, which is a little, I think if that, does that make sense? No, that totally does. No, I could totally understand that that whole entire process too. It's it's um, it's funny because I you brought up your dad with construction and stuff. My dad used to grow up uh, when I was growing up. He laid carpet for a living. Um, that was his side job. He also worked at a warehouse. But I had to go with him since six years old to do all the jobs with him, and it was something I never really enjoyed. But it was something that I learned hard work from. 
Right. And, 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 and like you said, there was no nine to five. I never really saw that. It was just, you know, and for me, it was the same way where um, like, I'd be like, dad, how many hours are we working today? Uh, when we get the job done, well, what do you mean? There should be at least a ballpark into time of when we're going to do that. And so very funny on how we had that, that connection. The other thing too, is um, when yours is soccer, mine was baseball. Right. When, and it was all about, you know, you did that extra practice, that extra discipline and things along that nature. One thing I want to pick your brain on a little bit, though, is that when it came to, you, you know, the inner critic was yelling at you, right? It was, it was um, when you were going through the transition and you were making that leap to go into create LFY consulting and all that, was there anything in the mind? Was there like any negative self-talk? And, and the reason I bring this up is because I've seen a lot and I've done work with clients on this when they've gone into one profession and then they, or they're jumping out of corporate America or whatever it may be and they want to go and create their own thing, they have this inner dialogue battle of identity of what they created from the past and then trying to relearn how they can create the new person of who they are. Oh, great question. I've, I kind of went through that multiple times in the past. So that didn't, didn't actually come up at all for me. And the only reason I went to go get my doctorate is, is funny. I was, when I was debating going to it, because it was one of the most expensive decisions of my life, which is again, why I worked multiple jobs during it to, to make sure that I could get out without any loans. Uh, was, was that, um, you know, they're like, they're like, Ben, you shouldn't go if you only want the credentials. <laughs> and at the time I was like, well, you know, I, I know what I want to do and I'm doing it, but I need other people to believe me that I can do it. And this is the quickest way. And it was just like, so that was one of I'm probably like 85% of the reason why I went to go do it. Now I actually loved reading academic research and becoming more of an expert in the field. I think that was incredible. It was wonderful. I got to be published. But honestly, it was just to get other people to believe in me. Even I already believed in myself because there were times in my life where I 100% didn't. Like with soccer, 100% didn't believe in myself uh, that for, for certain reasons. Uh, when, I, when I was about to, you know, prior to going to grad school, I, I kind of hinted at in my entrepreneurial endeavor. I did due diligence. I was going to create a, so I founded this parent company called Simplify Health, where I basically it was to make, make health easy, right, for people. Uh, and the first product was going to be a, a an omega infused coffee and it was going to be called omega bean. And I went and I did my due diligence. I went to suppliers. I did labels. I went and I did uh, product testing, but I didn't launch it because I didn't believe in myself. And so my, my action after that, and it was like 1500 bucks. I was like, literally just like, I was like, how, when I look back on that, like, how did I not do this? Why did I not? It makes no sense. And, and so instead my solution to go get confident was to go get my MBA in entrepreneurial management. It's like, what, <laughs> what, why would I have done that? Looking back on that. And so, because I've had these moments, like I, I just, I look at something today and I go, yeah, I can do that. Like, you know, uh, dating coach. Yeah, I can do that. I can start a company podcast. Yeah, I can do that. You know, event, event, yeah. So like, so today it's really great. So when I started live for yourself consulting, I was like, no, I am an expert at this. I've been coaching for five years. I know how to do this. I'm going to go do this. And it was, I think that mentality is so powerful just to know that you're going to learn along the way that you're probably going to do something. You know, the one iteration is not going to be the last iteration. You're going to make changes. It's going to evolve. You know, I, I launched a supplement before. And by the way, when I, when I was asking myself, do I want to launch this supplement? I went back Ben and was like, young Ben didn't launch that coffee company. Then new Ben, this Ben's going to launch this supplement and just see how it goes. Because what's the risk involved? You know, a couple thousand dollars for initial investment to see if something takes off and maybe a little bit of my time. Um, and it was just like, 
so, so there, there wasn't any question in terms of my brand and what I wanted to become and who I wanted to be. Uh, but that's also because I've done so much work on my values and done so much work exploring who I am and who I want to be and what I stand for. Uh, the, the stuff in between, like the companies and the jobs and stuff, none of that really matters as long as I get to wake up and say, I feel good about myself today. And I really believe like when you are doing the work that aligns with your values, success is it's going to, it's inevitable. It's going to happen. How important are values for you and the work you do and all that? It is the only thing. <laughs> They're so important. I can't even say, I can't even tell you how important they are. That's how important they are. Uh, for me, living for yourself means living a life in alignment with your values, which means crafting an environment around yourself based on your values, your relationships, how you personally show up, uh, your intimate relationships, the work that you do. And so that decisions are easy and that life is relatively, relatively fulfilling, right? There are going to be times you're going to be sad, you're going to be angry and all that jazz, your patience is going to be thin, you're going to be anxious and all that stuff. But the, what tends to make life really hard is, is the fact that we feel negative emotions and then we stay in those negative emotions. There's no reprieve. And that's actually the uh, pre-indicator of burnout. You know, when you're in an emotion, a negative emotion, there's no reprieve. If you live a life in alignment with your values, where you're not worried about succeeding or achieving, but more so doing something that you enjoy, then you don't sustain those negative emotions. Uh, so, so that's, I'd say it's 100%. It is, it is, I cannot tell you how important they are because I, I just can't put it into words. I couldn't agree with you more because I mean, when you're doing, I love how you brought the negative emotions, burnout, those types of things. Because I would say when you're not in alignment with what what matters most to you, your passion, your soul, your soul purpose, whatever you want to call that, um, then then all of a sudden you do lead to burnout. If you keep seeing yourself burning out, then there's something you're not aligned properly with that. Because if would you agree that when you're living to your values and doing what values most to you, I love how you said it's not about this and that, it's just about the doing what I do. That's what I enjoy, not anything else. Um, would you say that plays a huge role, um, where people will be inspiring themselves and you don't get burned out because can, the more of the work that you do that aligns with the values, the more you have energy and passion and excitement and enthusiasm. I have a few different kind of whiz cookie cutter, um, fortune cookie type of quotes on value on, on purpose that I feel are really important. Uh, the, the first one is you, you create your purpose. Like your purpose is a product of whatever you decide to make purposeful. So it's an, it's an emotional attachment to something that you've decided. So if, when we tend to put, we, people tend to put their purpose above themselves, they sacrifice themselves for their purpose when it actually, like that is just totally topsy turvy, right? Cause, cause you've created it. So why, how could something you create be greater than you? Um, and, and this idea that your purpose is something to achieve is, is just really, it doesn't, it's, it doesn't make sense. It's, it's just not even, it's not even factual because you, you don't achieve, you don't like a purpose is supposed to be never ending. That's why it's your purpose. That's why it's motivational. That's why it's inspirational. That's why it wakes you up in the morning, right? That's why you can't sleep because of it. And so your purpose is supposed to be never ending. It's supposed to be infinite. It's something that you care about, but we attach our purpose to specific achievements, which doesn't make sense. Cause then we achieve it. And we're like, why am I not fulfilled? Why am I not happy? Well, because it's your purpose. If you, if you fulfilled it, then you wouldn't feel purposeful anymore. So it's like, you wouldn't, how would you feel good anymore? So it's this, this idea that it's constant, never ending is really helpful for a lot of people because then they, oh, I get it. I get it. It doesn't matter if I achieve this. It matters if I value that I'm working towards it. 
Uh, and then, and then the other thing that I really love, uh, just in terms of like these concepts of purpose, because this I got started in this space by giving a presentation on why finding your purpose was the worst advice that I ever was given, and you know this this idea that like your purpose is more important than anything in the world, and I was like, okay, so if nothing matters, if let's let's say this whole our our bane of existence, then nothing really matters. We're just here, and then we're done. Your purpose doesn't matter. Right? Your pr- purpose has no overarching universal meaning attached to it. Like it's. It's just there. It's, it's something for you to enjoy life. And I'll say there's something greater than this, something more than this. Well, your purpose doesn't matter either because there's something universally unknowable about all of the world around you. So again, this comes back to this idea that your purpose is literally for you. It's like literally a way for you to enjoy life, period. And, and I think we get lost in our work towards purpose to remember those things. I think that's great. I love the quote, never end, your purpose is never ending. And it, it, it takes me back to a, a quote I heard from Jerry Seinfeld. Uh, you know, Jerry, I'm assuming you know Seinfeld. Oh, um, of course. Yeah. Maybe, I, I, oh, I hope look, no one ever says, no, I don't know Jerry Seinfeld. But, I just, yeah. I have, it, it, I'm waiting for that day. You know, it's like Michael Jordan and, or Michael Jackson or something like that. But, you know, one of the, he's the richest comedian um, in ever in the history of comedians. And I remember I heard him on his, his show on Netflix, uh, having car, what is it? Having car, coffee in cars with comedians or something like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Um, but long story short, someone asked him, why don't you ever take an award? Why don't you ever accept them? And he sat there for a second. He looks, he goes, you know, he goes, an award, it's not about getting this or that. That means nothing. He goes, the award for me is truly just being able to do what I do here, doing jokes and those types of things. That's the reward. So I don't need any other thing else. And I thought about that for a second. I was like, and then my head clicked and was like, that's purpose because that is living and doing what you enjoy every single day. There's not about trying to get to a certain accolade or a credential. I'm not saying those aren't important. Um, You know, I was a guy who was seeking for those things before I wanted to get the award. I wanted to be the best chiropractor. I want to be the best this. I want to be number one on this. And then I got to a point where I was like, that doesn't matter because when I got there, I was still empty. When I got there, I was like, I'm not fulfilled. And then I had to return my whole entire view and say, what fulfills me? And then what is my purpose that I'm willing to do that I'm going to do no matter what, because I enjoy it. It gives me happiness. It gives me freedom and things along that nature. And I love that when you said the never ending part, because I just thought of Seinfeld when that came up. When it comes to growth in life, now we can talk about this personally or professionally. I know you have a vast background and a ton of this. Now you can go either way with this. I've always been a person that always talked about responsibility and, and, and taking things in your own hands. And I had to do that with sports when I was in baseball, had a coach tell me I'll never play college ball. Worst thing to ever say to me, but I was very appreciative of it um, because it, it fueled me to say, well, I'm a, who, who gets to tell me what I can and can't do? It's up to me to do that. And same thing in life and in business and profession. I've had things been said to me, but it was more, and I appreciated it, not maybe at the moment, but I appreciated it because it, it helped me say, well, no, I'm not letting nobody dictate my life except me. How much does responsibility or accountability play a role? And what are some tips and tricks that you can share with the listeners uh, when it comes to how to utilize that and to be able to take that to higher levels in your life? Yeah, real quick, when you mentioned that your coach said you never play college ball, I I hope everyone listening really takes a moment and, and reflects on that and says, what am I saying right now? Or how am I using words and how could they potentially be affecting people around me? Cause I remember when I finally got the confidence to say, I didn't have confidence. It was after a soccer game and I was, we're all huddled around the coaches, like screaming at us. What is wrong with you guys? Why have you played like, you know, this way? Blah, blah. 
And I go and say, coach, I don't know what's up, but my head's holding me back. <laughs> he goes, I'm not your effing therapist. <laughs> it's just like, okay, that was helpful. <laughs> uh, and, and, and like you said, you know, yeah, okay. That made me go fix things myself, but there, it didn't have to go that way. You know, or, or going downstairs. I remember this one moment going downstairs in the basement. My dad was there, like another hard day at practice. And he was like, why do you keep trying to do this? And I was like, okay. And so like, there's, there's, yeah, tough love is sometimes really motivational, but a different type of love can be, can really help somebody and get them through what they're going through in a more proactive, productive, healthy way. And I think we tend to forget that, but. And I, and just to share on that topic, what you're talking about, it's true. And what you're saying is there is a different way because the hard stuff never worked for me. Um, I noticed that, and I started to see patterns when I had coaches that were that they were just, what is wrong with you? you you're, you're absolutely horrible or this or that. Um, I wouldn't do well. I wouldn't play well. I wouldn't hit. I would make errors. I never make errors and I would make errors. And I'm like, what the heck? Well, not that I never, but I had two seasons where I made no errors. Um, and I was like, what's, what the heck's going on with me? I don't get this. And then there, but when I had that statement told me that was a defining moment in my life where I'm like, I can accept that or I can move forward and challenge that narrative and prove them wrong, which I, I never played college ball, but hell walking on to Arizona state, trying to walk on with 180 people. And I come down with me and another guy and the coach asks me seven times, literally, who are you? I never heard of you. You have amazing talent. He goes, but we don't take risk here. There was the number two baseball, a college baseball team at the time in the United States. And they're like, we would take you on, but it's a risk. And I'm like, haven't you seen my talent? I'm like, I can, I'll, I will show up like this every day, but it didn't work out. But I, for me, that was a win because I had someone at almost the highest level in college baseball telling me we don't take risks because you don't have a history in high school, but you definitely do have the talent. And I was, that was my affirmation. And I gave myself a lot of credit for that because I was like, I busted, like you were saying, right. You, 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 you went incensed crazy into doing the work. And I, you know, I played for a team where we had practice three times a week. And then I had three times a week minimum of practice with myself and a buddy of mine that we would practice all the time running drills over and over and over. So that, and then we would study scouts and all that. So that's where my big thing about responsibility comes in. Cause I could have let that coach just tell me I would never play again and say, well, he told me I would never play again. He was, you know, and that was the end of it. Mm -hmm. uh, but you make that choice in life and you say, no, this is my responsibility. So how does that, you know, taking responsibility and you, know, you can share your own stories or what you do in your professional aspect. Um, how does that play a huge role for individuals? Yeah, I love, I love that you shared that. Thank you. And congrats on that, by the way, that's, and you look back and how many, what percentage of, of athletes get to that point and uh, sorry for that coach for being closed-minded, right? Cause they missed out. Sometimes we get stuck in our own programs and ways. It's a great example of how, how limiting what you're, what you're capable of your beliefs, you know, by these, these certain boundaries or standards can, can really prevent great things from happening. And I think the same thing, you, know, you could say the same thing for personal empowerment and accountability. Like you could have gave up. Uh, we, I think so often we, we look towards mentors and guides and we ask our friends for advice and all this stuff to ultimately just make the decision that we want to make for ourselves out of fear, out of hope, um, out of just, I don't know, random exploration. And, and so, you know, it, like that just really takes into account no, no matter what you do or feel you are, you are the most important leader in your life. You're ultimately the one making those decisions. You have the decision to label, label feelings of shortness of breath and, um, 
energy as either anxiety or nervousness or excitement. And you have the ability to sit in that emotion or allow that emotion to alter how you act. Like, and I think we forget what we are capable of as humans and, and how everything that we feel and everything that we really think and the reactions to those are within our own control. And I think that like accepting that, I think a lot of people are afraid of accepting that because that means that then they are potentially responsible, right? For their day and what happens next. Uh, but personal accountability and empowerment, I think we need to give ourselves permission to live the life we want to live. We have to give ourselves permission to be around the people we want to be around with and not be around the people that we don't want to be around. We have to give ourselves permission to explore and to take moderate risk. And we have to give ourselves permission to say, I'm going to create the safety net. So I do feel good in this way. I, and a lot of times people don't want to do that because they're afraid of facing how they have been living or afraid of facing other people's judgment. And that's just not a great way to live. No, I agree. I think it's, and it's one of those things where I, for me growing up, it was always about not letting, cause I was always told what to do and I had to follow. And then there came a point in my life where it's like, when people give you those things or when people say those things, I always looked at it as they're sharing their limited belief systems into you. Um, and, you know, sometimes you go to your closest friends or family and you want to have this great idea, right? And all of a sudden you tell them that and you're all excited about it. And then the response you get is, well, you got to worry about this. This takes this. And you can hear now here comes their limited beliefs of what it is mm -hmm. of what you're doing and the fear that they have, why they didn't, they wouldn't do something like that and how it gets now transferred over to you. Um, and so it takes, I think that takes a huge, you know, shift to take and own. How much does belief play a role? Cause you brought a lot about, and I love how you brought up and I didn't get a chance to ask earlier when it came to, you know, believing in yourself and, and things along that nature. Cause I remember hearing one time Jay-Z doing an interview and they were like, you've accumulated so much wealth. You've done so absolutely amazing what you're doing. He's like, what is one thing that you regret? And he says, the one thing I regret is wishing I believed in myself sooner. And so how much when, when your career, when you're working with people, having them believe in themselves, no matter what, and it, it is, maybe it's a belief, maybe it's knowing they can do it, right? Because you said, hey, I can start a supplement company. Hey, I can do a podcast. I can do this. You have that confidence belief, but you're also willing, I think personally from a mindset level is that you're willing to say, you know what though, nothing's bad's going to happen out of this because I'm going to learn something out of this. So how does belief play a huge role in all this within yourself, for yourself? So confidence is the second C and the three C's of self-leadership. And the three C's of self-leadership are characteristics that individuals need to be able to take action within their life towards their goals, basically. So it's, an, it's a way to ensure that you can actually achieve alignment. I was working with clients and, and working them through a decision, like a decision tree, and was noticing that the reasons why they couldn't take action or, or hold themselves accountable because they lack these three traits. And the first trait is clarity. So it's knowing what you stand for, knowing your brand. This is that personal brand piece, the professional brand, and then actually understanding how to get there, like filling in the chasm between where you want to go and where you are. And this, that, that second C confidence is, is self-efficacy and self-esteem. So it's, this is so important. Now, knowing what you stand for, knowing your brand tends to create confidence. It lets you walk into a room have a conversation with someone and not be so concerned about what they're thinking about you. You're not in, you're not in the, you're not like in your head, basically judging yourself because like, what are they going to think? I care about this. And I'm saying this, I'm like, oh, you've done that work. You already know it. And so you already have a little bit of confidence from that. Uh, and that helps with the, you know, in terms of the, the self-esteem, 
Uh, but we need to start exploring our inner critic and what we're telling ourselves. And we need to examine those beliefs. And we've been a lot of times telling ourselves certain things for you know, 10, 20, 30, 40 years. And so it would make sense that those, that every time you say something, right, it becomes more part of our being and it sparks something in your brain and that brain like, like someone's, someone taking a shovel and digging in a groove, right? That's what that belief is. It's this huge raging river sometimes. And so we need to build first off a pause between emotion and action, right? And so it's to say like, oh, I said this to myself and now I'm going to do this because of it. No, I said this to myself and I'm going to examine why I said this to myself and what this means. And then I'm going to say, does this serve me? Is this the path that I want to keep going down? Do I want to keep swimming in this raging river? Is it helping me? And no, if not, then I need to start you know, I have to start digging a new, a, a new stream and it's okay. So this is the belief I want to have. This is what I'm going to tell myself. This is why it's true. And every time I feel this belief, this is what I'm going to go to. So I'm going to, I'm going to create that pause. And eventually that pause gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And you stop going down that river. You can dam it up. Now you have this new belief system and you reinforce that belief system with actions and with relationships. And, and eventually right, you build this inter internal champion instead of the internal critic. That doesn't mean that it never goes away because you'll have really tough moments where that inner critic says, I'm here still, listen to me. But it does get a lot easier. And then also the, the other part of that is, is actually the self-efficacy, which is your skills. And that's just like, hey, want to be a coach? Go read a coaching book. I can't tell you how many people that come to me as potential clients, I really want to be a coach or I really want to go do this. And it's like, okay, so what have you done so far? And you know, uh, nothing. I haven't listened to a podcast. I haven't read a book. And you think, this is great. This is a great launching point. This is what we can do, but it's, it's so often people think they can do something and don't actually go study. And some people overstudy they think they, you know, because they don't believe in themselves, but there is a balance between those two. Is confidence something that from based on what I'm hearing is confidence, something that you can learn. It's not something that we all have. Some may have it at higher levels than others, but it's something that you can accumulate over time. Yeah. So confidence is a skill hundred percent. Confidence is, a, is, is, I think, so to me, it's four things. It's a skill. It's so you can practice it, you can learn it, you can build it. It is a belief. So it's something that you just have to fully believe. It is an emotion. Like you can actually, you can, you can actually create emotions related to confidence. And it is mo most importantly, a commitment. I commit to being confident. I'm making a commitment to living life in a way where I'm confident and so I think often people say, no, confidence is just something that is, is there. You're confident or you're not confident. And they say, no, 100%, 100%, you can, you can create it, you can practice it, you can make commitment to it, you can believe in it. I love that. I couldn't agree with you more there. I think it's, you know, and it's something too, like even just with, like if you, you dread public speaking, right? And then you feel, I'm not confident in this. Well, if you just keep doing the work and, and learn from it, right? I love the aspect you say to like, learn, read a book. You want to be a coach? Read a book, listen to the podcast. There's so many things you can do to learn the craft. And, and I, I, it is a balance. I think, and my mistake growing up was I was the guy who was going to overstudy everything and overanalyze thinking, I got it all. Here we go. Now I can go into it. And then in reality, I was like, hold up. No, there's, there's a, there's a blend between this. And, uh, 
it's good to get your bearings and basics and foundations and, and however that is. Uh, at least in my my experience is what I've noticed. And then from there, you let life teach you too, because that's where wisdom comes. And that's where letting go of what you want to have happen. Uh, not just not want like in your career or stuff, but just in general of like trying to control like, well, this is how it's going to be. And this is how I studied it. And this is how it's going to be. It's this is my cookie cutter situation. And obviously life is not like that um, in any way, shape or form. Um, I love that. Anything, um, I'm trying to think of some here. I wasn't, we're coming up at the time. I wanted to get, I, I missed, I wanted to hear your story on relationships and all that, but we may have to have you come back on that one. So real quick then, how can people connect with you, follow up what you're up to, what you're doing and all that good stuff? Yeah, please. Everyone connect with me on LinkedIn, Dr. Benjamin Ritter. Uh, but most importantly, if you want a little free ebook, go to liveforyourselfconsulting.com. A little pop-up will show up and say, hey, do you want to download your free guide to creating a career you love? Uh, you get that guide and then you get a couple follow-up pieces of advice that could really help you in your professional journey. And on that website too, you'll find all the information about coaching. If you scroll down, you'll get some new podcasts that I've been on, some media I've been on, and my own podcast as well. Awesome. Dr. Ben, I appreciate you having on, having you on and doing all the amazing work. Thanks for taking time to share your story. And uh, man, I feel like we're, we're, we're brothers in some way with our stories and our upbringings and so much more. So I uh, appreciate you and all the work you're doing, my friend. Yeah, I appreciate it too. And hopefully we'll, we'll have another conversation in the near future. Yes, sir. Thank you for listening to the podcast. For past shows, please visit www.empoweryourreality.com. I hope this show inspired you and added to your life to help you on the journey to rediscover who you really are. To connect with us on Facebook, please visit www.facebook.com forward slash Dr. Vic Manzo. Check us out on Twitter. The handle is Dr. Vic 21. Follow us on Instagram, www.instagram.com forward slash Dr. Vic Manzo. If you were inspired by the podcast, Pay it forward by sharing it with someone who you know can benefit from it. Thank you again for listening to the Mindful Experiment podcast, sharing paths to help you rediscover your infinite potential.